You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast, episode number 45, March 30th, 2021. This show is produced in partnership with Hospitality Technology and Restaurant Technology Network. Smarter hotels, smarter restaurants. Hi, this is uh, Wade Allen, SVP Head of Innovation. And this is Pankaj Patra, Chief Information Officer at Brinker International. And you're listening to Skip on the Tech Chef Podcast. Off-premise strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? Drive-thru or curbside, mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu, cooking up for the day. It's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with the Tech Chef Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the Tech Chef. Welcome, everybody, to the Tech Chef. This is your host, Skip Kimple, the CIO for For Our Restaurant Group here in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for taking the time to download today's show and take a listen to our content that is geared toward the technology side of the restaurant, hotel, and hospitality industry. Having said that, we have lots and lots of CEOs, COOs, CMOs, directors, vice presidents, basically decision makers and movers and shakers within our industries that are listening to this show. As a reminder, Murtech is less than a month away and it is going to be virtual this year, scheduled on April 13th and 14th. You can register online right now at murtech.com. This will certainly be an event that you don't want to miss. Normally, we would be at the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas for this, but obviously, this year needs to be different. I am fully confident we will be back in action in the very near future. Once again, to register online right now, go to murtech.com. This is a big episode today as we talk to two rock stars from Brinker International that have made such a splash in our industry recently, I can't imagine not having them on this podcast. What Brinker has been able to accomplish in the virtual brand side of the industry is truly amazing. Both of the guests today have some great insight to share regarding a successful launch if you're considering doing this with your own organization. The first of our two guests today is Pankaj Pantra, who serves as Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer and oversees information technology and data security for Brinker and its restaurant brands. Pankaj is a longtime Brinker head and has served in multiple information technology leadership roles to help transform Brinker into a leader in restaurant technology. While his proudest moment is taking on his current role leading technology, he will always remember starting his IT days in a small closet developing software. Pankaj officially joined the Brinker family in 2012, but has a much longer history of about two decades working with the company through his previous role at On the Border and Cognizant Technology Solutions. Pankaj and his wife have one son and the rest of his family reside in India, so he leverages technology to call them on the way to work every day. In his spare time, you can find him watching any sport. He loves them all. 
He is also a member of the Dallas chapter of the International Food and Beverage Technology Association. As a twofer bonus of this podcast, we have Wade Allen, who is Senior Vice President of Innovation and oversees culinary innovation, engineering, strategic growth, and the development and execution of virtual brands. His team develops ways for Brinker to leverage the consumer, social, economic, and technology changes that are disrupting the restaurant industry for the good of Brinker's guests, team members, and shareholders. During his tenure, Wade has held several leadership roles in technology, analytics, and digital marketing, most recently as Chief Digital Officer. He began his Brinker career in 2014 as Vice President of Digital Guest Experience and Analytics for Chili's, where he led the implementation and continued advancement of tabletop devices. Prior to joining Brinker, he held positions as Vice President of Retail for Rockfish Interactive and as an Account Director, Solution Lead at the Integrated Marketing Agency, RAP, where he worked on a number of Brinker brands. Wade enjoys spending his time with his wife and four children, reading about emerging technology, politics, and history, and stays active through participating in water sports, snow sports, and other athletic activities. Wade serves on the Digital Innovation Advisory Council for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and is an active member of his church. He holds a bachelor's degree in marketing from Brigham Young University and a master's degree in integrated marketing communications from Northwestern University. Today's show is all about virtual brands and this acceleration and success Brinker International has had and is expecting to have in the future from this initiative. Wade, I'm going to start off with you. Tell the listeners about a little bit about your background, your history, how you ended up at Brinker, along with kind of what your current role entails. Sure. Um, so, so as a kid growing up, my first job uh, when I was a teenager was was in a restaurant. I was I uh, had the had the glorious title of assistant dishwasher. Um, and, uh, and I grew up in that, in that restaurant. It was a Mexican restaurant in a small town and had the opportunity to work from a dishwasher to a busser. And then ultimately later in college, I kind of started to wait tables and, and, and worked in a banquet setting. So I kind of was very familiar with restaurants. <clears throat> I, uh, did my studies at school at Brigham Young University and did my master's at Northwestern in marketing. And so when I came out of school, I was pretty well versed in the marketing arts and I kind of understood the advertising world, uh, but had always had a passion for tech. And over the course of the next uh, 10 years, I worked in an analytics setting, running analysis for uh, consumer packaged goods companies and grocery uh, retailers, spent some time in digital innovation and mobility inside of an agency. Um, and eventually found my way to a little bit of a, a little startup that was owned by an agency. It was funded by an agency. And we had just gotten to a point where we were starting to mature and we got gobbled up by a larger agency. And at that point, this was 2014, I'd been in the space about 14 years. Um, I was looking for something different and I got an opportunity with Brinker and I'd known them a little bit from the work that I'd done previously in, in the digital world in agency 
but kind of fell in love with them again and was super excited to come back primarily because of the blue sky opportunity that existed in restaurants, um, which is interesting where I am today. So I started with Brinker as the VP of, of marketing and uh, helped build their digital strategy in, in, in connection with Pankaj, who you're going to hear from in just a minute. Um, then I, I went on to be the uh, chief digital officer and, and kind of acting CIO for a few years. And then most recently, I got back to a great, uh, what I feel like is the, the crown jewel of my career thus far, it's just the head of innovation here at Brinker. So I get the, the, the wonderful opportunity of waking up every single day and thinking on how we're going to disrupt uh, casual dining in the restaurant space. And I don't think people really realize how important it, it is to have that disruptor within the organization. It's too easy to get settled in your own ways. But just listening to your background, especially with Brinker, Man, you were set up the entire time for where we are at today. I mean, just just that path of all of those it, uh, elements of uh, the digital path. Um, you, you probably had no idea that that's where we'd end up, but it just that was a beautiful path that you you fell into. It's been fun. It's it's been a great ride, and I wish I would have known what you know. It's always great to know what the future is going to be, and you never know what it's going to be. But these dots that have felt very disparate have all kind of come together now in the role that I'm in. Panka, same question for you. Tell us a little bit about your background, your history, and uh, your current role. Obviously, as the CIO, it's that's pretty clear what you do. But I'm, I bet you you're you're pretty pretty involved, especially with Wade. I bet you two are pretty well well tied to the hip at this point. Thank you first for uh, Skip for having us. Uh, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, I started my career 20 years back uh, as a consultant. Uh, and I was focusing on uh, hospitality, retail, uh, hotels uh, with a company called Cognizant. I worked for almost eight years with them, but uh, my base was uh, in Dallas, um, and uh, I worked, uh, my primary customer was Brinker at that time. Um, so I haven't worked in any other industry. Uh, the moment I started with restaurants, hospitality, I fell in love and uh, just continued with that. Um, and uh, after um, completing my, I did my undergrad in India, came over here uh, for a consulting gig, was traveling um, every couple of months. Uh, and uh, 2008, uh, decided to get off the road for some time uh, because it was taking a toll on me so and family. Uh, that's when I got an opportunity with Brinker to join them full time and have never looked back. So worked as an enterprise architect uh, to uh, director of BI to director of senior director of corporate systems, vice president of information technology to the current role, uh, which I'm doing. And as you mentioned, I think the role is of a chief information officer, but what I pride myself in is working with business partners like Wade, uh, the ops team, to be able to take the business strategy, take what uh, seems like a uh, challenging problem or an interesting problem and try to uh, solve that through technology. So I've been uh, partnering with Wade for uh, almost five years now, uh, and whether it's the new CRM system which we built or uh, the current system which we are building, uh, it has been a pretty interesting uh, journey so far, and looking forward to the uh, next opportunities, next uh, challenges, uh, which is going to throw my way. 
and we never know what's coming next, which is the beautiful part. I bet you Wade's got it up in his mind. He's he's already thinking two, two steps ahead. Well, Wade, I'm going to throw this question to you from the business perspective. I mentioned at the top of the show that this show is all going to be about uh, virtual brands. But for clarification purposes for the listeners, um, is it a virtual brand? Is it a virtual kitchen? Is it a dark kitchen? Um, you know, there's so much confusion around the... Uh, the nomenclature in regards to uh, what what this is that we're talking about. I mean, we're going to get into the guts and the details of of what you what you actually launched. But what what are you guys calling it internally? You know, the definition is 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 changing as fast as the business model. Um, sometimes you can't keep up, and you, you you hit it on the head skip. There's there's ten names for it, but what we reference it as is a virtual brand. And when I say virtual brand. What we're really, what I'm really talking about is a, is a brand that exists in a digital space, but doesn't have a physical restaurant location and, and specifically with a big name on the side of the building. Um, I think you get things like host kitchens and dark kitchens and ghost kitchens and all these different things. But for us, that's what we, we reference it as, is a virtual brand. Um, and that definition, you know, who knows what that's going to be in the future um, and how that would change. But that's that's kind of the position we've taken. The the brand that we're most known for and that everybody knows and that we're working to mature today is it's just wings, um, and that's been been in market since uh, late June uh, of 2020. Um, and uh, you know it's 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 a lot of fun. It's it's a it's an interesting been an interesting ride with this little wing brand and and the growth that's come from it over the course of the last, uh, wow, almost 10 months now. Well, you said this, this little brand, but it's not such a little brand. Now, you launched it, you said, or it came to fruition in June of 2020. Um, that's pretty early on in the start of COVID. I have a feeling you guys started on this long before COVID, correct? Yeah, we did. You know, it, it actually came up in a dialogue between Pankaj and I and a few others about five years ago, uh, conceptually, but but we knew it was probably ahead of its time. Um, we had, we'd worked, IT had worked with the previous leader of the innovation team, which was Steve Provo, who's the head of uh, Magianos today. He runs, he's the president of the Magianos brand. He's moved over. Uh, but we worked closely with him about a year before we went into COVID. Um, you know, I'll call it the COVID lockdown in March. Uh, we would we had been working on a virtual brand, and, and it was different. It wasn't a wings concept. It, it was actually a burrito concept um, that we had joint partnered in, out of uh, California. And it wasn't until uh, January or February that we decided to make the call that we were going to start testing the wings position and the wings uh, model and, and business. And uh, once we moved into COVID, we said, you know, everybody kind of stopped and halted and looked at each other, and and we said, no, we're going, we're going to do this. This is gonna, this is this is gonna matter, and so we pushed forward with it. So you made headlines when you launched that because how many restaurants was it, or how many virtual locations did you launch all at one time? It was some crazy number. Yeah, and, and Pankaj can talk about the craziness that was when we did this, but we went to a thousand fifty of our. Uh, restaurants that we own today it's it's up to 1066 i think is the latest count for a corporate owned and another you know i'll give around numbers i'll call it 250 uh, uh franchise partners here in the states and another 150 internationally 
Um, so, but the one, the one time shot, right. The, the shotgun start was 1,050 on June 23rd, if I'm not mistaken, the date. I think that's the number. Yeah. That, and the uh, whole idea, kit. sorry, it's good. No, no, go ahead. That was the number that definitely came out in the headlines. Um, but Pankaj, definitely tell us, how do you do that from an IT perspective? What kind of IT struggles did you have? Or you probably didn't have any struggles because I'm sure your plan was was perfectly <laughs> laid out. I will, you know, I'm confident of that. Uh, but what were you planning for? Yeah, how did? First of all, what um, what's your POS system over at uh, Brinker? So we do use NCR uh, point of sale uh, system Aloha as our point of sale. Okay, so. You're bringing on a whole new virtual brand. I mean, you have to be able to, I'm thinking through all the logistics of the virtual brand. You're adding a, you know, to Chili's or to Maggiano's, you're launching an extra brand out of the back kitchen. You know, I'm thinking in my head from an IT perspective and all the questions I would get asked internally from operations or accounting, you know, how do you identify it on reports? How do we punch it into the POS to identify it? Obviously, you're not going to bring in a separate POS just for this virtual brand. So what are those kind of challenges that you faced from a, from a POS and an IT perspective in order to make sure this was successful? Absolutely. I think the idea is where it said, um, and I remember uh, back in Feb 2020, uh, we were testing something else and uh, our uh, chef for Chili's, Jeff Hanek, uh, who reports to wait now, and I were there at the same time. I remember thinking of this as like, okay, wouldn't it be cool? The idea was really interesting. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, like if you're able to do it, it'll be great and all those things. Till Wade walked into my office and like, it's time to go. And I was like, uh, what do you mean? And he's like, okay, we are launching this on uh, end of this fiscal year and we are launching it to all our restaurants in one day. I was like, okay, it took me some time to make sure that he was not kidding. And then the look on his face was like, no, we are going to like, make it happen. So, so I think after that, probably taking that week to just take that information and uh, process it, uh, I think it was a challenge, but it was not a, I would not say a huge challenge for uh, uh, us in terms of launching that brand for a couple of reasons. One is um, we had set up the architecture in such a way that uh, we would be nimble to some of these uh, asks. We didn't know what the ask is going to be, but uh, we had, when we went with DoorDash for Chili's, we had integrated in a way where uh, the dependency uh, was pretty limited on some of these uh, third-party aggregators or systems which we are um using and it was more on us like if i'm able to control my destiny uh, if i'm able to put more resources to get something done that would be the end state for me so we had built our system in such a way that uh, we can configure it quickly uh, and we also knew that uh, operational like with a brand like this uh, the first thing you have to make sure is that Operationally, it doesn't uh, put a big, big uh, challenge, right? Like make it simple, make it flow, make it integrated with the other system. So we were not going to use the tablets uh, for the uh, thousand plus restaurants, which we launched. Um, so what we started looking at is our existing architecture, how we have integrated, uh, build a platform which will replicate that 
and uh, uh, and we were able to pretty much i would say 85 to 90% we were able to reuse um so the 5 to 10% which was left was putting the flavor of this new brand uh, on that so i think it the system set us up and uh, we knew exactly what we were going after so we were able to hit it pretty quickly now i haven't asked the question if you're going to be launching other um actually i'm going to ask that right now wade uh, are you <laughs> do, do you do you have any plans on launching additional virtual brands other than your wing brand i'll uh, i'll say yes but i won't tell you where we'll go yet we don't like to reveal the secret but we have we you know we've been we've been testing a lot of different concepts uh, we've got a, a handful that we have looked at and evaluated and we see opportunities and uh, and we're reeling into the next one um, I won't give you the date, but, but it'll be not too far in the distant future. It's funny cause there's speculation that flies all over the place on all the, um, on all the, uh, the user groups and the list that we read. So <laughs> I'll be curious to see where you, you, you guys land <laughs> now, um, back to you, um, uh, real quick, Panak is the IT perspective. You feel like you can bring on an, an, as many additional brands as you need to without too much disruption. I think yes. I think um, I would not say that um, depending on the brand and all this. It's more about the brand. It's more about the business strategy and where uh, Wade and team wants to go with that. Uh, so we may have to uh, pivot a little bit in terms of how we implement it. But I think I feel really good about the foundation which we have, and we are uh, improvising on that, innovating around that on a daily basis, even. The time we launched the Wings brand and today, uh, we have uh, probably a couple of different ways of integrating uh, and enabling new channels, uh, which is uh, plug and play for us. Um, So I feel really good about where we are architecturally and uh, feel confident that whatever way it throws our way, we'll be ready for it. Now, Wade, when you launched all of these um, additional location, virtual locations. I mean, this, I'm thinking it's got to be an operational nightmare. However, I'm assuming if you do it right and you stay within what the restaurant can produce already, you're maybe not throwing too much new at them, maybe other than some more labor to produce the extra orders coming in. D- did you have to bring any new SKU items in or any new equipment or were you able to operate uh, exactly as is and then kind of isolate out your menu? So we, we were very strategic. And again, remember, we'd been testing uh, these concepts prior to when we launched them. But, but you hit it on the head. You, you learn as an operator that simple is better. And if you can have a very solid system in place, your operators will, will execute that very well. Because you, know, you can have the best strategy in the world, but it's only as good as it, the way that it's executed. And so we focused on making sure that the product that we had in the restaurant um, that there was very limited number of SKUs that we brought in. We we really only brought in uh, the the Oreo cookie that we deep fry and a hand. You know, we we have eleven sauces. We brought in some extra sauces and and did some innovation around saucing. Um, and you know that was really and some curly fries and and that was really what what we what were the only new SKUs. And it was really focused on what we'll call, you know, those kitchens are zoned. It was really focused on a particular zone. So the individual working that zone could very uh, easily, um, without a whole lot of effort, know, hey, this is the time for the fries. This is what we do for the Oreo and the wings. 
you know, aren't all that different. So similar product, smoke similar, but different saucings. So that simplicity helped those operators make sure they could execute very well and be very consistent. And then, yes, we did have to make some capital investments, but they were very small. Um, and we continue to, to invest some of that capital, that minor capital, to make their jobs easier, more organized, more structured in the system. You know, we call it a batter station, but it's just a it's just a refrigerated unit that you can uh, can can structure, you know, pre-holding those wings and all the things that need to happen. Um, but that was really it. I mean, it was simplicity in capital, simplicity in operations, and then you know, kudos to Pankaj. He, he's a rock star when it comes to tech innovation and stability. He did a lot of heavy lifting to make it easy for our operators to be able to just do what they do best, which is execute on a cooking procedure. I think when you launch these, I mean, I'm trying to think of the bottom line to the businesses and I'm trying to help, you know, the, the small, medium and large size businesses out there right now that are thinking about going into a virtual brand. If they haven't done it already, if they haven't done it already, they're pretty behind the times and everybody's on the bandwagon now. Gosh, you guys were, you guys were the big hit when the news came out about, um, you guys launching your, your virtual brand. Does the amount of competition out there currently especially in the wing market. Does that bother you? So I think there's, you know, I, I, I'm less concerned about all the noise that's out there. I think it's really about four key things. I think you have to have scale. You have to, you have to have scale from a restaurant perspective. You have to have, um, you have to own your restaurants from an operational perspective. You have to have very solid and powerful functioning IT uh, department and capabilities. And then I think the fourth one is, is you have to know how to grow and build brands. So from a, from a, um, you know, it's not a discouragement to those restaurants out there that don't have those, but, but for us, the ones that we really take as a competitive position would be individuals that have, you know, those four key elements. So here's a big question, especially from a marketing side. And I've heard both sides of this equation, but I'd love to hear your viewpoint as a virtual brand, do you try to isolate this from your main brands, from Chili's, from Magianos, or are you okay with cross-branding and let people know that these are coming out of Chili's kitchens? So I have a very strong position on this. I think it's the latter. I think transparency matters. I think hiding anything in today's day and age is a a bad idea. You know, I've lived in a world of marketing where market where we grew up in a world where marketers lied to us, and 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 we we resented that, and and that's why I think there's a lot of frustration around what brands, you know, what you see on a commercial is not necessarily what you see on your plate, and there's a frustration there. So we've tried to take a position of, hey, they are it is a Brinker owned concept. We own Chili's and Maggiano's, and we are leveraging our assets to bring a great concept to you. Um, and, and I, I, we've listed it on the DoorDash uh, uh, marketplace. We've put it on our website. You know, we market that when we can. A lot of people are less concerned and more concerned about the quality of the product and a great value. But in the case that you really want to know where this is coming from, I think we want to be as transparent as we can. Can you walk into a Chili's and actually get your wing concept, any of those flavors? So, No. Uh, and that, that's the nuance between the physical brand and the digital brand. Now, I don't know what the world or what the future is, in the, you, know, uh, you know, what the future is going to be. But today, it's, we've been very, uh, very 
um, strict on the dif- differentiation between the two. Um, those sauces are only available in It's Just Wings. Um, though that Oreo cookie is only available with It's Just Wings, and those curly fries are only available in the It's Just Wings brand. Um, the the physical product of the wing is a wing product, and so we share that between the two brands. Uh, but but the the nuances of that marketing aspect, right? The, the kind of killer wings and stupid prices mentality of like, hey, it's a it's a value brand with great eleven sauces and these curly fries at a great value. That is its own entity. It's not blended with the chilies or the Maggianos. Obviously, it's a huge success because I believe when this came out and this big announcement came out about um, all the locations that you had launched, I think it was your CEO that had mentioned that this is a $150 million per year addition to the company, which is pretty darn impressive, especially during COVID. I mean, in, in those days, I think the news came out, I don't know, maybe July, August, something like that. I mean, everybody was, yeah. everybody was looking at you guys like, what? When you guys are adding $150 million to the top line, that's, that's, that's amazing. Let me ask you, because we got to close things up here a little bit. And I know you guys are off to do and, and create the next biggest thing that we can't wait to hear about. But I'm going to start first with Wade. Wade, what would you recommend to a smaller organization? Actually, any organization, but I think the larger organizations already have teams thinking about this or are already doing it. What would you recommend to a smaller organization looking to do a virtual kitchen? What's important for them to think about? This is a great question. I, I think you, you got to start with um, your strengths. How are you going to compete? Because you can't always be the biggest with the most capital and the most scale and the best IT team, right? Those things I mentioned before is how we compete. But I think you have to go back to, and, I, and I'll put my innovation hat on, is where do we zig when everybody else sags, right? What do, what do we, how do we distinguish ourselves? And then I think you got to use those elements in building the next virtual brand. If your angle tends to be more of, you know, whatever it may be, maybe you're a digital first organization more so than, than any of your competitors, or maybe you have something differentiated from a food perspective, um, organic something, lean into that, right? And don't be afraid to leverage that aspect. I, I would caution to these brands that go in and start these virtual kitchens is don't just put your menu online and call it a virtual kitchen, right? That, that's just not what happens here. These, are, these virtual brands are different. And if you treat them different, they'll reward your organization. If you treat them just like an extension of your menu, um, guests will know and, and, and it'll be more of a backlash than, than a positive step forward. That's an interesting viewpoint because I think that is a big struggle as organizations look in regards to how to market this, how to, you know, how do we make guests aware of this new brand? For instance, Four River Smokehouse, we have that all of that history. Brinker, you've got all of that history behind your brand. And all of a sudden you bring on this, this brand new product that nobody knows anything about. But sometimes it's that delicate balance between tying it into your original brand and yet having it being separate, separate identity on its own. So I, I think that's that's probably the balancing act that all marketers out there have to figure out how they're going to make this successful. Bankaj, next questions for you from same question from an IT perspective. What do you recommend as, you know, far as setting the IT side up for success with a virtual brand? 
Yeah, I think great question again from an IT perspective. But I think the biggest thing for us as we went into the virtual brand was uh, providing a platform which uh, which is very uh, seamless for our operations team. So from a guest perspective, we knew we can innovate, uh, we can present them with different options and all those things. But as for as soon as it hits our restaurant, the team member should not be like shouldn't have to think about what they uh, are working on. It should be very clear, very transparent to them that. This is a wings order for IJW or just wings, and this is a Chili's order going in. Um, I think, again, as Wade said, uh, because of our scale, because of the team, uh, we were able to do that, some of those things in-house. I think what I would suggest anybody who is looking at it may not have that scale is to hold your partners uh, to that standard because at the end of the day, uh, if you try to create three or four different uh, lines of business in your kitchen and somebody has to step out of one mindset and then get into the other mindset and then step out of that and get into others. It's going to be challenging. Um, think about busy Friday night when orders are coming from all different uh, uh, channels and you're asking a cook or you're asking a QA person or you're asking a to-go person to take one hat off and wear another one, I feel it's just not possible uh, in terms of how anybody is succeeding in that kind of environment. So my biggest thing and the lessons learned um, which we got from this one is innovate around anything from a uh, guest perspective, whatever you want to do, as soon as it hits the restaurant, keep it plain and simple, keep it uh, in line with your operating procedures. and. But I also want to make sure, Skip, that uh, people understand that that doesn't mean that we didn't innovate around our kitchen. Uh, we did a lot. We did a lot, but everything was done in line with what we had. Uh, we didn't change the processes a lot. We didn't put any equipment which they are not comfortable with. We didn't uh, ask them to do something different for IJW than what they are doing for uh, a base chilies or Mariano. So. I think that was uh, our key to success, uh, and that is what I would uh, encourage anybody who is who wants to get into this to look at from an IT perspective. And I think this goes without saying, but I'm just going to put it out there. Obviously, a very key factor is integration of the orders into your POS, not only from your original brand, but additionally, I mean, man, if you're going to bring on additional concepts, uh, virtual brands, you certainly want those integrated as well. So I know you, you are already there, but you know, I'm, I'm also cautioning those smaller brands that have not yet integrated their third-party delivery into their POS. That should be something that they probably should consider uh, before bringing on some more virtual brands, correct? Because otherwise it's going to duplicate all of their, Absolutely. their tablets. Absolutely. And, uh, and great point, Skip. And I think uh, for us, it was a uh, prerequisite before we go into uh, all our restaurants, right, in terms of IJW uh, and or whatever we are uh, looking at. So um, we we are not going to go to market with any solution which is not integrated uh, because, again, it creates that friction uh, at a team member level to take care of the guests uh, when these orders come in. So I think that is 
that should be a prerequisite as if you are thinking to scale, if you're thinking to uh, reduce that workload for your uh, restaurant operators and team members. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today and speaking to the Tech Chef listeners about virtual brands and telling us how you guys made the venture so successful. I am really, really looking forward to seeing where your brand is headed next. And as always, you guys seem to be a couple steps ahead of everybody else. So thank you again. I know it was very much appreciated by the audience here today. Thanks, Kip. Thank you. Thank you for having us. How about that, folks? Two industry legends that continue to lead the way in technology and innovation. We can all learn from today's episode and figure out ways we can implement or improve our own virtual brand concept. I am so honored and lucky they both had the time to talk to the Tech Chef podcast today. Have questions for me or my guests? If so, you can reach out to me at everything social at Skip Kimple. This includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can also go to the website at skipkimple.com where you can find the show notes for this show and every other show that we've ever posted. Additionally, you can call our comment hotline at 954-302-0851. Next week, we are continuing with our Rockstar series with Joe Tenzar, CIO and partner in Restaurant CIOs, and also, at the same time, Chief Strategy Officer for Sunny's Barbecue. I often wonder how he accomplishes so much and still has time to share his innovative ideas with others. If you have ever heard him speak before, you certainly don't want to miss this upcoming episode as we dig into futuristic and alternative delivery methods. We are going to dig deep into drone delivery, robots, autonomous cars, and so much more. I have never met more of a forward thinker than Joe, and I am super stoked that he took the time to talk to us so I can share our conversation with all of you. I will leave it at that. And until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends. Stay hungry, my friends.